truly it is an honor and a privilege to stand before you this morning and uh, be here at Zion Baptist Church. To your pastor, to you, the officers and members, to my family who are, who are here this morning, it is good, good to be here this morning. I'm going to read the scripture passage again this morning. Uh, Daniel 3 and 15. There you'll find these words. Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made very good, but if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? God's word for God's people. Our text today begins with three characters in the Bible that we are all well acquainted with. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three were a part of the Babylonian captivity which took place in 586 B.C. In the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim, king of Judah. And at the time of our text, King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came into Jerusalem and besieged it. And out of these new conquered people, the king wanted some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to, the, to Babylon as captives. The king only wanted the strong, the healthy, the good-looking young men who were skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge understanding, learning, and competent enough to stand in the king's palace. And it just so happened that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were a part of this group. God gave these three young men knowledge and understanding in every kind of literature and wisdom. And at the, t at the end of the time that the king had, had set before them, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king interviewed them, and among all of them, no one was found equal to these men. So they began to serve in the king's court, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding that the king consulted them about, he found them ten times better than all of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. It was because of their faithfulness in a foreign land that the king saw fit to promote them to an even higher office than before. They were set over all the affairs of the province of Babylon. It could be said that they were now living the good life. And with this position over the kingdom, one could only imagine the status and wealth that these former prisoners were now afforded in this land. They who were once held captive, who were considered to be lower second-class citizens, they who had every right to be bitter at life, at situations, and even at God, remained faithful and became in charge. May I suggest to you today that no matter how trying, difficult, or turbulent your position in life, or how dismal the situation, or how you may have even gotten there, remain faithful in it and watch God elevate you to a place that you wouldn't even imagine. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were captives 
in a strange land, had every right to be bitter, remained faithful, and because of their faithfulness were promoted into a position of prestige, prominence, and power. My brothers and sisters, at this point, we would think that life could not get any better for them. But in, in fact, life was about to get much worse. Shortly after they came into power, and actually at the beginning of chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar built a golden statue. It was 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. He set it up on a plain in the province of Babylon. And then he ordered all the important leaders in the province, everybody who was anybody, to the dedication ceremony of the statue. So at the, so at the king's command, they all came for the dedication, all the important people, and took their places before the statue that the king had erected. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time that you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not bow down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. So at the time when all the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, harp, lyre, they bowed down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. It was in the midst of all the glory, honor, and pageantry that came along with their new leading roles as officials of Babylon. In the midst of their good life, while everything was going well in their living, the king issues this decree. And isn't it funny that when things are seemingly going well, when you clearly see the hand of God working in your life and on your behalf, and you're moving according to his will and to in, in your purpose, that something always comes about and it comes in that would mess everything up and try to knock you off course. The three men knew that what, what the king had decreed for them was against what they knew and be, they believed about their God. They would not be able to follow the king's orders because God had done too much for them. He had absolutely turned their bad situation around for their good. How could they turn their backs on he who had made a way out of no way, made their crooked path straight? How could they be expected to defy the living God? And knowing the beliefs that these three had in their God, the other officials brought word to the king, accusing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Listen to what they said. O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the music in symphony shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And there are some certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of Babylon. These men are ignoring you. O king, they do not respect your gods, and they won't worship the gold statue you have set up. These officials were envious and angry at the fact that those Jews 
the captives, the outsiders, had authority over them. Now let me pause here for just a second to tell you that not everyone in your corner is for you. Not everyone that raises their hand up to you is trying to pat you on your back and to cheer you on. But in fact, some people can't handle your gifts and your talents. You cannot expect some people to have the Romans 12 and 5 spirit who will rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. But in fact, some people have a different mentality. For you seasoned saints, I call it the OJ's outlook. They smile in your face while all the time wanting to take your place. Backstabbers. So the king, the king after hearing this report was angered and beckoned the three men to come to him. Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said, and this is where we find our, our footing this morning. Now if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music. And you bow down and worship the gold image which I have made. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is the God that will deliver you from my hand? They were given an ultimatum from the king himself. How does one compete with this? When there are only a limited number of choices, to live or to die, to be or not to be what God has purposed for them, the certainty of simple man or the uncertainty of a sovereign God, to bow or to burn. What a decision, what a choice that these three men must make. So the three men think about the decision. And this is what they say, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. My brothers and sisters, I have discovered and am discovering that as time to time as children of God, we will also be put in some rough situations and have some tough decisions to make. Should I speak about God in school and about his awesome power in my life and be known as the church girl or church boy? Should I not even hang out with those people that I know are no good for me and risk my status as cool and popular? Should I smoke? Should I drink? Should I lie? Should I cheat? And I had to put this one in here. Should I fornicate? Yes, sex before marriage is a sin too. It may feel good in the moment, but it will inevitably lead to our destruction. For the Bible declares in Romans 6 and 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We as a people of God have been bowing for way too long now. We've been letting anything and everything go because God knows our heart. Because it's just the way that I am. Because I'm still young and I'm living my life. 
because I've got time to get it all together. But no, that is not the case. I've been called on assignment by God this morning to let the people of God know that today is the day. And right now is the time that we must stand up and stand out for the kingdom of God is at hand. We must make the conscience decision that we will not, we cannot, we shall not bow. Make the decision today for God is saying, be ye holy, for I am holy. Make the decision today that says, I will present my body as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. Walk in the fact that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Today is the day that we must make up in our mind that for God I'll live and for God I'll die. After the three Hebrew boys tell the king that they will not bow to his gold statue, King Nebuchadnezzar became furious. And the expression on his face changed towards them. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And then commanded the mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind the three men and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. And because the king's command was urgent and the furnace was so hot, the flame of the fire killed those men. The men of valor, the mighty men, the select men of his army, who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men were thrown into the fire and fell down bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And after some time had passed, the king saw fit to check on his victims. And when he looked in, he found something that he wasn't expecting. Instead of finding three bound men that he threw in the fire, he looked in and found four men unbound. He found them up walking in the midst of the fire. They were not hurt. And the Bible even shows us that the fourth was in the form of the Son of God. Then the text goes on to say that then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the officials gathered together. And they saw the three men whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair on their head was not singed, nor the garments affected. And the smell of the fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angels and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have not frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amidst uh, the body of the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces, and the houses shall be made as an ash heap, because there is no god uh, who can deliver like this. 
This is a true statement that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and the called according to his purpose. What was meant to kill them only made them stronger. And from this text you can realize that in your fiery situation, no matter what it may be, that just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that even though you're in it, doesn't mean that you'll be consumed. The very thing that has you bound shall be burnt up. The fourth man in the fire gives us assurance that he will. No, he will. He'll never leave us. No, will he forsake us. We won't have to look like what we've been through. And from our painful and uncomfortable circumstances, God will get the glory. Can I hear the organ just a little bit more? Let me encourage us today that instead of bowing, get up from your low place and pick yourself up and dust yourself off and just stand. In case I didn't give the title of my sermon, the sermon title is Don't Bow and Just Stand Through Misery. Just stand uh, through jealousy. Uh, just stand uh, through persecution uh, and failure. Uh, just stand. Uh, stand through the test uh, and stand through your trials. Uh, when it seems like there's nothing else to do, uh, just stand. Uh, when you feel like you just can't make it, uh, stand. Uh, when you just feel uh, like you can't go on, uh, stand. Uh, just stand and be sure uh, that God has a purpose uh, and God has a plan. Uh, stand uh, through the rain. Uh, stand uh, through the pain. Uh, stand uh, through the hurt. Uh, and stand uh, through the pain. Uh, stand uh, through your broken past. Uh, stand uh, through your shame. Stand uh, when friends turn away uh, and life seems to be in disarray. Stand through your tears uh, and stand on your fears. Uh, hold on. Uh, be strong uh, and just stand. Uh, the question might come, uh, what do you stand on, preacher? You can stand on Psalm 27, 2 and 3. Uh, that when the wicked came up against me uh, to eat up my flesh, uh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Uh, Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. You can stand on Psalm 34 and 19, uh, that many are the afflictions of the righteous, uh, but the Lord delivered them from them all. Uh, you can stand on Philippians 1 and 6, uh, that he that began a good work uh, in me shall perform it uh, until the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, you can stand on Philippians 3 and 14, uh, that I press toward the prize uh, of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Uh, you can stand on Romans 8, 38 and 39, uh, for I am persuaded uh, that neither death nor life, uh, nor angels or principalities, uh, nor powers, nor things present, uh, nor things to come, uh, nor height or depth, uh, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You can stand on 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. For we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. Oh my brothers and sisters, don't bow for there's too much at stake. Don't bow 
because you still have purpose to fulfill. No matter how hard the situation may look, don't bow. It may be hard sometimes, but don't bow. It may be rough sometimes, but don't bow. People may not understand you, but don't you bow. Don't bow. And know that if he be for you, he's more than the world against you. Don't bow. Don't bow. Somebody see yes. See yes. See yes. See yes. 